No, that's what I'm talking about, baby. So that's we're how we do late. it in New York City. That's how we do it in New York City, baby. So we're starting late and seeing how the last set of short chapters went on how long that podcast went. That's how we're going to start this one. We we have a solid three hour discussion ahead of us on these twenty pages. Yep. Get ready. <laughs> the night is young. Get it ready is for that. That's we're usually a, an hour into our discussion at this point. That was that's how we should open every episode. Yeah. God, I hope not. <laughs> now that's how we do it in Chapter Chumps, baby. Yeah, I love it. I love the. No, that, that's how we. That's how we should open up Green Dudes. I know. I had the same thought. That, <laughs> I don't know. Be, maybe that's. <laughs> might be know. more appropriate. I don't know. We're just every maybe. podcast. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Who, who gives a shit? You I know. know. Do you think? Anyways, do you? Do, that's how you open do up. You guys one think, um, do you guys think Billy Joe ever read The Lord of the Rings? No. He. I, I think okay. he would have. I I don't think he has either. Well, he might have, but I I I'm leaning towards he hasn't. But I I think he saw the movies and loved them. Yeah, I I, I think at the I very least that. that yeah that that's how it that's kind of how I feel. I I would buy that Mike has read The Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think Billy has. I don't know if I I, I feel like I Trey. Know. I feel like Trey um, probably loves all things Middle Earth, though. I feel like he he might really like that kind of thing. That's true. Maybe you should keep this on your your Dude Dudes podcast or your uh, uh, yeah. Green Dudes podcast. It's something to think about. Yeah. So, anyways, welcome back to Chapter Chumps. We're your chumps here to talk some chapters. Uh, my name is Connor. I'm joined as ever by Connor Mack and Joshua. O'Connor. Yes. The three Connors. Yeah, there could have been like a really clever like way to implement our names into the title of the podcast. It's like we all share that that name and it's like that could have been funny to do. I don't know. If only somebody yeah, was also, clever enough. Yeah. Yeah, because there aren't a lot of reading terms that have something that sounds like Connor in it. No, well, no, but I mean, pros Except and cons. Pros and cons would have been pretty good. I don't know. Oh, that one, right? I forgot about that one, but yeah, that's already taken, unfortunately. Uh, okay, yeah. So, anyways, uh, we are a book club reading discussion podcast where three fucking regular ass guys read a book and then talk about it. I like the idea of someone jumping in on the fourth episode of us talking about <laughs> return of the king the I'm just, third book in a series i'm just trying to get more into the uh like introduction of the pot i know we don't really do that i haven't gone for like the formality of it the pomp and circumstance if no, you will, I, I, I i appreciate what you're doing it's great i just like the idea that someone would tune in for the first time on this episode yeah yeah maybe someone's Welcome. like wow uh, you know, the Pyre of Denethor is my favorite chapter in all of Lord of the Rings. I have to hear what these guys have to say about it. We're sorry. Yeah. For our opinions. <laughs> I apologize for nothing, personally. I apologize, I apologize for, for him. <laughs> <laughs> Together, we, we balance ourselves out perfectly. Uh, so yeah, we're, today we're going to be talking about chapters 7 and 8 of The Return of the King. 
we are drawing ever closer to the conclusion of the fifth book of the Lord of the Rings itself. I believe each book is comprised yes. of two books itself, right? I thought you were counting six if you count The Hobbit. Yeah, yes. But but right, so Fellowship is books one and two. Two Towers is mm-hmm. books three and four. Now here we are, five and six. So I, I think we are, um, you know, pretty much on the home stretch of book five here. Uh, to be honest, even though I have the means to, you know, check that very readily, I, I can't say that for certain. It's just what it feels like as I'm reading the story. <laughs> um but yeah, we'll we'll kind of you know see uh, we're gonna we're gonna catch back up with you know what is going on with uh, you know this cast of characters who are returning from battle. There's uh, there's a lot of ground to cover here. Um. So yeah, I don't know what uh what did we make of these chapters? This first chapter here, the Pyre of Denethor. Did I, I mean, like, I thought that was a pretty impactful title. When I read that title, I was like, okay, you know, this is going to be a chapter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, uh, what do you, what do you... Indeed, it was a chapter. No, oh, thank you for hopping in there, buddy. <laughs> what did you think about it, you know? Th- what did I think about the title? Yeah, if indeed you thought anything about it at yeah, all. Yeah, well, yes. I, I mean, the first, you know, I, I, I read it, and um, and I was like, damn, that's a pretty cool title. Oh, okay. And then, gotcha. I mean, you know, it uh, got me pumped. I was like, fucking cool-ass title. Let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was kind of wondering, because I, I feel like um, the last two chapters, a lot of the, the, that was focusing a lot on... Um, the riders of Rohan and Connor, you kind of, uh, you had mentioned that Theoden specifically and the riders of Rohan at large were just not very interesting characters to you. It's like, okay, you know, they're good and they're virtuous and they're noble. And it's like, is that it? You know? Um, so when Theoden died, you, you were kind of feeling like, Oh, well, <clears throat> no, that already happened. Theoden's dead. <laughs> Spoilers for I, I'm joking around because I'm still I'm still in the mindset of that person who just jumped in. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that would that would be strange, I guess, if you've skipped. Hey, that, there's then. spoilers for the book we're reading in our book reading podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, but, but I guess what I'm saying, Connor, is like a lot of these these uh, chapters here have a lot to do with like other characters dying and um, less of a focus on uh, Rohan and more of a focus on like Minas Tirith and Denethor. And I, I guess I was just wondering on like your general thoughts if you found these chapters to be more interesting. Oh, yeah. No, um, uh, compared to the last two, I, I definitely enjoyed them more. Um, I was happy to be picking back up with, um, with Pippin and Gandalf. And, uh, I mean, really it's, it's kind of the two, you know, or everyone kind of coming together in, you know, in the next chapter, it's kind of like all the, you know, everyone except for Frodo and, and, uh, Sam obviously, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, it, it definitely got me, uh, kept me, kept my interest, uh, easier than, than last episode. Right. 
All right, well, that's cool to hear. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Josh, are there any, like, general or, you know, more broad thoughts you want to share before we get into the chapter discussion proper? Um, well, I kind of knew it was coming with this chapter from the title because it is one of the scenes I remember from the movie. Right. Um, and it's different from the book, actually. Um, and... The other reason I remember it is because I saw a meme on Reddit like three weeks ago that's like, this is how far the character would have had to run. And I'm like, okay, I guess we'll see how that goes in the book in a few weeks. Because um, I think I had already read the chapter title at that point, just like flipping through the book. Um, but yeah, otherwise I enjoyed how short the chapters were. <laughs> um it, it's nice to have short chapters and being able to like actually read and not feel like it's a slog to get through, which is probably the biggest failing of the of Lord of the Rings in general. It's just mm. how difficult it is to read as a 21st century write, uh, reader. Uh-oh. Chapter discussion. Are you okay? Yeah, no, both of you just froze for me, so it's probably... Or, or it might have just been Josh, but uh, either way, you're back, so. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, seems you, fun to me. Did you miss anything that I heard? Because I saw you jump a little bit on Discord. Um, yeah, just repeat the last thing you said. I was saying Lord of the Rings, probably its biggest failing is uh, how difficult it is to read. Uh, it's good because it feels like a schlog sometimes to get through uh, the text. Yeah. And we, we'll get into that more when we our full book discussion slash trilogy discussion which will be coming up in a few months yeah yeah it's exciting to think that it's really not that far away and um for what it's worth i do agree with you josh it has felt kind of refreshing to be reading these shorter chapters and and feeling like you know wow this just seems so much uh it it just feels like the pace is um you know you know, a little easier, I guess, you know, it, it, yeah. it doesn't feel as, um, as, you know, as dense we're tedious. where we're, yeah, tedious. Exactly. Um, I do kind of think that maybe Tolkien is making these chapters shorter deliberately to like, because they're like battle chapters kind of, and he's trying to make like the, the battle feel like snappier and have events happen like faster. So it, it really feels like thrilling to the reader as opposed to like this sort of monotonous, uh, you know, chore of turning the page over and over again. Like, Oh my God, when's this yep. battle going to end? I think he's trying to, to quicken the pace for that reason, but it, it does kind of feel like it has the consequence of uh, just making it seem smoother in general. Yeah. I agree with that. So, I guess with that all out of the way, we will get into Chapter 7, The Pyre of Denethor. So, this chapter starts, we sort of get a, there's been a lot of like jumping around in the, the timeline, we've also kind of mentioned that, and this chapter picks back up with uh, Gandalf, the moment that uh, the Lord of the Nazgul like ri flies off, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and so Gandalf is sort of left standing there. He's about to pursue uh, the Witch King. And that's when Pippin shows up. And he's like, you know, Gandalf, we really need your help because Denethor's, you know, going freaking crazy. And, uh, you know, Gandalf agrees to help. But uh, I'll want to talk a little bit more about, like, he kind of mentions there's sort of like a cost to him doing that, you know. Um, But at any rate, you know, they they, uh, make their way to the... uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a... I don't want to call it a cemetery. Yeah, thank you. But they they have this section of the city, like, you know, closed off specifically as a burial grounds for the stewards and the kings. And um, and they see that, like, the guard out at the front is dead. And it's like, whoa, what's going on? So as they make their way in, um, Denethor and two other guards at his side are kind of locked in combat with Baragond, who's who's trying to hold off um, on them lighting the pyre that Faramir is currently sitting on. And so Gandalf and Denethor kind of exchange words. They have this whole conversation that, um, you know, very intriguing. Um, but mostly boils down to Denethor being like, you know, we're all fucked. Everyone's going to die, so I'm just going to kill myself now. And Gandalf's like, you know, that's crazy, dude. Like, you're freaking crazy. That's ridiculous. He really really fell for the nihilist propaganda. Yeah. Um, And then, like, it turns out, oh, uh, Denethor has been looking into his own Palantir when, you know, Sauron has been working through him in in some manner in that way. Yeah. which I think is meant to be kind of our explanation for how he's he's fallen so far. Um, it's also an explanation for uh, how he seemed to have like more insight than most people. Uh, I think Tolkien mentions that a little bit. Like in the previous chapters, Gandalf's warning Pippin about how Denethor has, seems to like see further than other people. Uh, but I don't think we really put together that it's due to his possession of a palantir. Until this chapter, it's kind yeah, of implied I, that he has I, more of like a innate wisdom about him. Well, I think that's true. Still, I think he does. Yeah, uh, I, I think, but I think it's facilitated by the Palantir. You know, the but, only reason I don't agree is because so the reason that we're given before is that it has to do with like his bloodline of the Westerness or whatever. And if it were just Denethor, I'd be like, okay, I get that. But Faramir is said to have the same insight, which we've seen him demonstrate when he spoke with Frodo and Sam, and yet he did not have a Palantir. See, when you said Bloodline, I was about to point out that they've been passing the Palantir down uh, through the ages, but you bring up a good point uh, with Faramir that I had not considered, because he clearly did not use the Palantir at any point in the story. Yeah. So, hmm. neat. But, I mean, he does still have the Palantir, and he does, the Palantir does, like, aid his sight. Like, I also have a note on something I want to talk about having to do with the Palantir. So I don't want to just, like, flat out say that you're 
wrong, Josh. I think it's more of a combination of the two, you know? Okay. Yeah, all right. We can get back to it. Okay. Um, so, anyways... Uh... <coughs> They're able to stop Denethor from lighting the, the funeral pyre, um, or at least while Faramir's on it. They get Faramir off of it. And then, um, you know, Denethor is essentially thwarted, and he's like, well, fine. If I can't fucking burn my son alive, then at least I'll do it to myself. And he, he lights the funeral pyre and lays down upon it with uh, the Palantir itself, and burns himself to death. Um, you know, like the same person does. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess as they, they, you know, Pippin and Baragond and Gandalf uh, leave the, the Valley of the Kings or whatever it is, um, there's, there's like a rain that comes and, uh, you know, s sort of like smothers the, the fires around the city and I think including the funeral pyre. And um, they're that, sort that of... The house they're in, like, collapses. Yeah, it fire, does. Yeah, that's right, it does. Every every time we say something like, or whatever it is, like, like we can't remember the names, I feel like there's some super Lord of the Rings fan who just absolutely hates us whenever we do that. Maybe. Maybe, but, you know, it's like... There are a lot of names to keep track, and they're always adding there are names. A lot of yeah, and they're always complicated. There's no like Paul. The only like simple name was Bill, and it was a fucking pony. And we haven't Man. seen it since they they kicked it out of the fellowship to go into the mines. Yeah, yeah. I, I I barely know and, who and anybody we were, is at this point. Right, but you remember <laughs> like, really? Bill? Yeah, and, and this... fucking Gandalf has like three different names. I do miss Bill. Bill was great. Doesn't, um, doesn't hold a candle to Shadowfax, though. Uh, well, I mean... Really? Shadowfax is pretty dope. Yeah. But Bill has spunk. I, I yeah. would have guessed that Connor would have said that Shadowfax... The other way around, Shadowfax doesn't hold a candle to Bill. So I'm surprised to hear him say that Sh Shadowfax is superior because that no, is I just, objectively I, true. I, I, I have no memory of, of Bill, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Connor's Connor's blocked yeah. everything. I mean, like, there's there he he has to like literally make make room. It, you know, it's almost like when you run out of storage space. I think he has to like yeah. delete his previous Lord of the Rings memories to make new ones. Yes, exactly. It's every chapter. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> a, that's, that's gone. <laughs> you need you need to sleep more. Maybe. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's pretty much how our chapter wraps up. You know, and then Gandalf is like, okay, we gotta like you know, take care of uh, some other shit now, and then we, we get into that in the next chapter, unless I'm forgetting something, but... Uh, Did you mention uh, they, yeah. the, they carried Faramir to the House of Healing? Um, No, yeah, Which I guess is, that is the other part, thing. Yeah, it plays a big part in the next chapter, yeah. too. Yes. Wow, hey, look at you! You know, remembering things from the that's chapter. Like, well, that's the, like things you read twenty minutes ago. E well, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit more than twenty minutes ago. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't even really know. I like w you know for for the listeners, not for me, but for the listeners yeah. who like it might be someone's first episode listening. Like Connor was saying, just like yeah. explain what a palantir is again. Sure, sure, sure. So it's one of those words you see and you're like. Huh. <laughs> 
it's the crystal ball that Pippin picked up that Sauron had or Saruman. Yeah, had. yeah. Oh, oh, it's it's the thing that that uh, he looked in that in the in in yeah. He's on Gandalf's naughty list where he was. Yes, yeah. Oh, yep. You okay. you you've referred to it in the past actually as uh, Pandora's box. Pandora's box. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Um. But but the the big thing is that so there's there's several seeing stones and. A lot. Some of them are lost, but the important thing is, is that they're all connected, and like Sauron has corrupted them. So if you use a Palantir, you're almost definitely being corrupted by Sauron. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because he's he's like bending them to his will. So that's that's kind of like the explanation for how Denethor got to be as like mad as he became. Hmm. Which, honestly, I don't even really think was necessary. Like, I was completely willing to accept that this dude just, like, lost his fucking marbles. Like, I don't, you don't yeah. need to bring in yeah, Sauron yeah, yeah. to it. Like, I, I thought he was just fucking nuts, you know? Yeah, yeah. now you bring that up, that is kind of how I felt about it, too. It's the, uh, it's like, well, he could just been crazy. That's, that is a possibility. You don't need to explain everything. You don't need to pin everything on the yeah. guy. What's wrong with yeah. having just a crazy person? Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy people erasure. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, Denethor was great, crazy person representation, and yeah. it feels like they just like <laughs> took that away from us, you know? Yeah, and and it's kind of like you know, people in in Tolkien's world are are fat just because they're fat. They, there's not a special <laughs> they to, <laughs> there's not a special thing that they have to have to be fat. Yeah. You know, it's just how there they has are. been zero fat shaming in this book so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he he's mostly shied away from that. We still have um, some time left, though. I I, I wouldn't since, put it past uh, him. since Fatty Bulger left the story. Yes. Yeah. Um, man, that is that is funny. The only thing that'd be funnier is if you know we read the Silmarillion or something, and it turns out that all fat people in Middle Earth are like <laughs> under the corruption of Sauron somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Turns out gluttony is one of Sauron's generals. Yeah. Right. So. uh so yeah, um, let's let's go through our notes here. We'll talk about the chapter a little more in depth, and then we'll get to the next one. That I mean, just like for the the one hypothetical listeners just jumping on, like that's kind of the flow of the podcast. That's how this goes. <laughs> you know, we're gonna, we're, we're going to talk about our notes after the general podcast, well, you know, g- general chapter discussion. I will so. say though, we're off to a bit of a confusing start because. Um, Usually we talk about, about like a bunch of unrelated stupid shit and then yeah. start talking about the books. But you're like talking to like you brought up the books very early on and we're like, what do you yeah. think about them? And then I'm, I'm like, wait, he didn't did, he didn't recap them. yet. We're not. So I was yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, what yeah, the fuck is go, going on? Go no, I know there, there was like an awkward pause when I asked that. You were yeah. like, what is going on? You're like, what? You're like, you talking to me? So <laughs> so you yeah, you talking to me? I was a little yeah, a book, yeah, question I was, I was on the book podcast. I know. I was expecting the recap first because you usually recap the chapters first. Yeah, so kind of, you know, kind of, we're saying you keep you on your toes. You fucked up. That's what we're saying. We're we're saying you fucked no, up. No, no, no. And 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 the thing is, is like honestly, I feel like a lot of the bullshit talk goes on for too long. I'm trying to. It does. I'm trying to pare it down. I'm trying to like you know sharpen <laughs> this to a razor's edge. Why do you think our our discussion last week was two and a half hours? Yeah, it doesn't need to be that long. I I think we should. We, we talked about fucking tap water for twenty five minutes, Connor. Maybe we our goal should uh, have you know make it like a tight thirty minutes. Well, that's what happened last week. No, no, no. Like, no. You mean total? total to- yeah, the total. Discussion? The yeah, entire total. podcast, thirty minutes. Uh, we've tried that before. It doesn't work. Can't be done. 
All right. Can't be done. All right. Can't be done. It's impossible. Sorry. Anyways, so the notes. The note, Connor, Connor you want to start with your notes? Um, I mean, as as uh, longtime listeners know, um, I... <laughs> I, I like to be a bit different. I stick out of the crowd. A little, you know, I like to, to kind of um, be an individual. And, and so these two take notes. I do not. I just kind of, uh, yeah. I, I just speak my truth, you know, and uh, so I'll continue. Straight off the dome. Straight off the dome. Um, so, yeah, I, this, this chapter was, was good again. I was, I was happy to be reacquainted with Pippin and Gandalf. Um and you know it was fun watching you know Gandalf like you know trying to talk this guy off the ledge like you know you don't need that gun man yeah life is worth living torch down yeah um so that that was fun um i cuz you know there 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 was a lot of drama with Pippin running to um to find Gandalf at the end of their last chapter. And so I was happy to pick back up with them. And then obviously Gandalf has like a million fucking things on his mind. There's like so many things that he needs to take care of. He's, he's being spread very thin at this moment. I feel like, um, enough time with you people. Yeah, yes, true. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I was happy enough with, with, with how it resolved. Um, I'm happy that Faramir is still around, uh, and you know maybe maybe he'll make a miraculous recovery who knows well maybe we 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 just don't know yet just don't we just don't know yet um but yeah i i mean it was a fun it was a fun chapter it was a good good resolution to to the pie or drama yeah yeah I, i i like that too um Josh, is there anywhere you want to start with, or do you want to read through any of your notes um, to kick us off? Yeah, so why don't we start with uh, Gandalf go like expressing the the things on his mind when uh, Pippin asks him to, to come help. Um, he says, "Maybe I can, but if I do, the others will then others will die." I fear. Well, I must come, since no other help can reach him. But evil and sorrow will come of this. Even in the heart of our stronghold, the enemy has power to strike us. For this will be, for his will, it is that it is at work. That is at work. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just thought that I was like, oh man, Gandalf is just weighing the realities of war right now. He, uh, uh, he's being very pra- pragmatic. Of yeah, I got to go save this guy, but a lot of other people are going to die, and I don't think he knows it's going to be Theoden and a bunch of his. Fr- people but i mean it was always a possibility yeah for sure and i i like that we get this conversation after theoden's death even though like chronologically it takes place before it because immediately you know as the reader you're like oh well like i know what's going to come of this like he's talking about theoden this is why gandalf didn't like pop out in the last chapter yeah and save everybody like he's done before Yes, right. It's like why? Even though we know he's like right over there. Where's Gandalf? Exactly. He's, he's saving Faramir. Yep. So yeah, it's a good explanation, and also almost feels like a trolley problem kind of situation with Gandalf at the lever. And one side yep. we have Faramir, and one side we have Theoden. And Gandalf doesn't know he's making that choice specifically at that time, but he's like 
mm-hmm. aware of the consequences. Um, so it, it, it does frame it as a difficult uh, decision. That's another uh, similarity. A- another similarity to the doctor, you know, where that's those are the kinds of choices he has to make regularly. Like, <laughs> you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He Call, bringing up the trolley problem is interesting because it it makes mm. me think like he can see Faramir on the track, at, and he knows if he pull he, and he knows that if he pulls the lever, it's going to go on the second track, which goes around a corner, and he can't see who's there, but he knows there's going to be people there who are going to get hit. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh... <clears throat> In in some ways, maybe even scarier to not know where you're sending the train. I guess it's like, who's, yeah. who's, you know, may, maybe it'll be fine, or maybe there's like forty babies on it. You know, <laughs> like who knows? Anyways, yeah, it was just the it in. Who cares? Who cares, <laughs> right, Connor? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean. I mean, who who do you care less about, Boromir or Theoden? Um, but I mean, Boromir or Theoden? I, I mean, I I care about Boromir in the sense that I I very strongly dislike him. <laughs> I you have, you have feelings. Does that, about, does that count for something? Yes, yes. You, you I, have feelings about Boromir. You I have strong you feelings have, about Boromir. Towards yes, yes. I I don't have any feeling towards Theoden. Really? Yeah. I have no strong feelings <clears throat> one way or the other. Well, I, I guess that says it all. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Josh, that, that, that was a good one to start with, though. I, um, I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah. Uh, do you have a note? Or I can go with my next one. Yeah, I mean, I do. I do. Um, I, mean, I don't know. My, my next note is that Denethor is just... Conf- uh, sorry. Baragond uh, is confirmed to be a good guy. Just yes, yeah. Baragond is a total bro, as they say. He's uh, he's doing his duty for his for his uh, his captain. Uh, he 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 took an oath, and he may be violating the uh, the the letter of the oath, but he is upholding the 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 spirit of it. As he as he tries to rescue Faramir from his deranged father, who is also his boss. Yeah. <clears throat> He's trying to rescue a supervisor from his boss. I I like that we're laying this out in like uh, you know office max hierarchy terms. There should, <laughs> you know, this would be, this would be corporate ladder. <laughs> there should be a corporate for a beautiful moment. <laughs> there should be a corporate adaptation of Lord of the Rings down the line. Yeah, you know, just just as just Isn't all office Amazon politics. Did? Oh, that'd be cool. It could turn out that everyone thinks that Gandalf was let go, and that's like the <laughs> office rumor, but then in the end, he was just working remotely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. He's literally a wizard. He's, he's just like, you know, tech wizard. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely the IT guy. Yeah. <laughs> and solves everyone's problems. Man. <laughs> Sam and Frodo are just interns. Yes. Who have to, yeah. Who have, to, who have to bring like the CEO coffee? Yes. Exactly. That's that's all they do. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't want to think about that anymore. But it's funny. <laughs> I'm just, Gollum's, I'm just... The, Gollum's the intern who got fired and just never left and has been living in the ceiling. <laughs> oh my god. He's 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 still just Gollum. 
He doesn't change at all. He's still a golem. Just all living right. in the ceiling. We gotta let's contact the, the Tolkien to say, let's get on this. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm sure I'm sure they're dying for like a Lord of the Rings office crossover. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So uh, on what you were saying, uh, Josh, I um uh let's see. <clears throat> there there was this line. I think I just wrote it down. I think Gandalf is saying it. This is after the the smoke clears. Literally. And um so after after Denethor is dead and they're walking out with the other two guards that were fighting with Baragon before. Gandalf says, "But think you servants of the Lord, blind in your obedience, that but for the treason of Baragond, Faramir, captain of the White Tower, would now also be burned. And so, feels like Gandalf is spelling out very plainly um, that that authority doesn't doesn't ne- necessitate like morality or you know like yep. just just because a a higher up tells you to do something, it doesn't mean that they have like the moral high ground. Like you have a you always have a personal responsibility to question your orders. Yes. And, um, you know, I mean, also considering that Tolkien very famously fought in World War One, and so he really does have, like, a, a soldier's and a wartime perspective, I really respect that this is like his takeaway as an author still you know mm-hmm. that um that it's not just about following orders that people have a duty to like make moral decisions even under uh you know like stress or orders or or whatever it yep. is just following orders is not an excuse yes so this was kind of a cool way to show that and to, to incorporate that um, so I, I like that part as well, Josh. Yeah, <clears throat> and it is it is awesome that Baragon turned out to be a, you know a good guy. Like I didn't yeah, I didn't really I, think we a... were being set up for a betrayal, but it, it's cool that he is you know just Genuine. a good dude. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm listening to a D and D podcast. And I, it's on my mind because today was like supposed to be the last episode, but they can't do epilogues properly, and it keeps going over. But anyway, there's a character who's pretty much. I'm finding out Baragon just like he's a he's a guard who's doing his duty and it cares about one of the main characters in this case it's Pippin um and the the, the nature of that relationship is different between Lord of the Rings and the the D&D game but it's surprisingly similar and I'm just thinking of Baragon as this this character from this NPC from a D&D game that I listened to today <laughs> they're just they're just good guys and they they want to do their job and protect people and make sure their city is safe. Yeah. Uh, what more can you ask for in a a loyal city guard? You know. Yes. Um. I, I have a couple other notes. I want to maybe I go over. Have a lot of notes. I don't have a lot of sticky notes in my book from these two chapters. So you go ahead. Okay. I wanted to kind of just jump back before we really get to the Denethor thing here. That uh, just a quick. I think maybe a quick thing is um, there's this line. It says, then Gandalf revealed the strength that lay hid in him 
even as the light of his power was hidden under his gray mantle. And I, I wanted to throw that out there because we have kind of wondered that, like, Josh, you specifically have talked about that before where it's like, you um, know, is he wearing the gray cloak over the white cloak oh, all the time? Yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. do, do people know. even know he's Gandalf the White? And it's like, I don't know. I just felt like this line really clearly was saying, like, no, like, uh, unless, unless Tolkien's writing something specifically about it, Gandalf is probably kind of concealing himself still and, and not just, like, yep. you know, showing off his, his flashy new power even now, you know? Yeah, I did notice during... Uh uh, 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 Denethor's final like tirade. He calls him a great fool. He calls Gandalf a great fool, which yeah seems true. to imply that he doesn't quite realize Gandalf's full power at this point. And we'll get back to that in a minute, I think. Yeah, I mean, because otherwise Denethor would have called him a white fool, right? Yeah, or just a fool. Yeah, I, I guess, like but I mean, but it, but if he says Grey Fool, then it just feels like, you know, feels if he was Gandalf the White, then it would have been, you know, White Fool. Yep. No, you're right. Hmm. Or are it, it you feel, saying that it he's... feels It feels weird when you say it, when you say it. <laughs> no. I know, I'm just being a little... Uh, Wait, why? Being a little why does it say, why does it feel weird? Because it sounds racist. Oh. Well, there you have it. Oh, okay. There you have it. Huh. Yeah. Which, I mean, would be fucked up. Like, why would you be racist that against would be Gandalf? So fu- <laughs> that would be <laughs> so know, fucked up like, being racist to fuck, Gandalf. Dude? It's that like, would be so fucked come up. Come on. I mean, imagine out of all the people to be racist to, you're racist to Gandalf. I know, he does so much. The guy would blow you up with a thought. It's terrible. Remember in The Hobbit when he just blows up some goblins? Like, (laughs) without a shotgun or something? Yeah. You know, what's funny, though, is it it feels like at this point in the story, I'm like, I feel like any character could be any race unless Tolkien specifies, because... Until like the, the last, like, yeah, Sam might be black. The, the last fucking twenty pages of the two towers, Tolkien's like, by the way, Sam's brown, and yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? So I don't know. Maybe Gandalf's black. Like we don't know, you know. Well, we've had this conversation before, haven't we? We well, we've talked. We have talked about like if we were gonna. I think we were saying like if we did a movie adaptation or something, like we would have to have black Gandalf. Yeah, like, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we did talk about that. We before. did say that. Yeah, um, which but, which I think uh, is a, is still a great idea. That yeah yeah a lot. I mean maybe maybe that's the Gandalf in the Office. Uh, you know the corporate <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Adaptation. Just like Terry Crews. Just Maybe. Like oh, he, off. He'd be great. Yeah. 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 Great energy for that. Absolutely. Hmm. I can see it. It's all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hmm. anyways. I was going to say... Um, oh, okay. So then, going into like the whole Denethor thing. And then sort of talking about... So Josh was bringing up the Palantir before. Okay. So there's this there's this line in my copy. It's page 129. Here's what Denethor says. Um, man, what the fuck? Is it on page 129? Okay, hang on just a second. Hang on just a second. I don't saying that. Your copy must be different. Uh-huh. 
Uh, okay, so he holds up the Palantir. He holds up the Palantir, and and this is what uh, this is what he says. He says, "Hope on, then." Laughed Denethor. Do I not know thee, Mithrandir? Thy hope is to rule in my stead, to stand behind every throne, north, south, or west. I have read thy mind and its policies. Do I not know that you commanded this halfling here to keep silence? That you brought him hither to be a spy within my very chamber? And yet in our speech together I have learned the names and purpose of all thy companions. So... With the left hand, thou wouldst used me for a little while as a shield against Mordor, and with the right, bring up this ranger of the north to supplant me. So, Denethor is saying that he's been using the Palantir here and has learned things from it. So that, that yep. is true. But specifically, he's saying that he's read Gandalf's mind, and that within Gandalf is a desire to rule by way of um, influencing the leaders of the various kingdoms of Middle-earth. Yes. And That's quite I was an wondering what you guys thought about that. Did Denethor really... Is this a legitimate mind-reading? Is this something that's within Gandalf? What do you make of this? I think... So the... This actually butts up to one of my notes. Um, the paragraph before which you read, where it starts off as pride and despair. Uh, yeah. Didst thou think the eyes of the White Tower be were blind? Nay, I, I've seen more than thou knowest, great fool, uh, for the hope is but ignorance. Go then, go then and labor and healing. Go forth and fight. Vanity, for a little space you may triumph on the field for a day, but against the power... Uh, that now rises, there is no victory. To this city, only the first finger of its hand has yet to have been stretched. All the east is moving, and even now the winds of hope, the winds of thy hope, cheats thee and wafts up the Anduin a fleet with black sails. The west has failed; it is time for all to depart, uh, who would not be slaves. And my note for that part is that I see these words that he's speak, speaking here uh, as Sauron speaking through uh, Denethor because of the Palantir. Mm. Uh, and then when it went into more of what you said, what you read off those next few paragraphs, that I think is Denethor, but crazy, where he, he it's like the Sauron spoke for him, or maybe it's a continuation of what I'm trying to get at here, where his words are so heavily influenced by Sauron, they might as well be Sauron's words if yeah, it's not Sauron literally like possessing him. Um, and where was I going with this? Uh, as for the mind reading, I think that the, <clears throat> um, I think he's referring to not literal mind reading, but like how he pieced together, like this is like the, the conspiracy, like paranoid part of his brain. That's like, I saw through all your little tricks when you brought your, your little guy here. He's like, he's bragging. Like I, I see through you. You're not uh, smarter than me. Kind of, kind of right. talk. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I get, I get what you're, what you're saying there, Josh. What about you, Connor? Did you have any thoughts on that? 
Um, I mean, I I didn't put any stock in in him actually having mind reading powers or anything. But with with the the influence of the Palantir and everything, I I don't. I mean, it's like one of those things. There's so many times in this uh, series that we're like, "What? Well, well, is is this magic or is this really happening?" And uh, mm-hmm. is it magic or a metaphor? We can't. Tell. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I know. And and um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah. Th- this could just be him being crazy or bluffing or you know, uh, whatever. But um, I don't know either way. I didn't. I and, and I don't. I don't know if it matters all that much either to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. And um, the way I took it was, um, I kind of do, I do kind of think that with the Palantir and with um, Denethor's like abilities, I do feel like he thinks he has the power to read people's minds. Yeah, and um, and I, I think maybe even like he he really kind of might sort of legitimately, but. But I think he's so corrupted by Sauron that, like, what he's seeing within people's minds, like, isn't accurate. Yeah. Um, or or it's like a, you know, it's like a dark, sick corruption of, like, you know, their their uh, worst desires. Or I don't know, because I thought it was kind of interesting. Like dark, it's like the dark side clouding the Jedi's vision. It is. I think so. I, I, I thought it was kind of interesting to, like, consider, you know, could it be that... Gandalf maybe has these desires within him to, you know, kind of have power for himself by influencing these other rulers. Like, we see how much sway that he has by talking to these other kings and how much power that he commands. And, and I, um, I think that's... I, I think he is aware of that, and that's yeah. why he refused to take the ring at the beginning of the story. That's exactly what I was going to say. These are not... Um new revelations i think gandalf is very self-aware and also has a lot of uh self-control okay so yes yes to both and so that's kind of what i'm saying here is that i think that denethor's mind reading is legitimate i think he's really reading gandalf's minds but he's like finding something within gandalf that gandalf himself has like rejected and denethor sees it as like gandalf's true nature but it's not you know, like, Denethor sees, like, that seed of darkness or whatever in Gandalf, and he's like, aha, you know, I've discovered who you really are, Gandalf. And Gandalf is like, well, even if that is inside of me, like, that doesn't define who I am. That's not who Gandalf yes. is. No, I, I mean, right. I think you're right, but also it doesn't it doesn't take a mind reader to figure that out, though, either. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, you can, like, if if you know Gandalf um, to, you know, on, on any kind of personal level, I think you could probably gather that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, people are wary of him, for sure. Especially, yeah. you know, people who Gandalf asks favors of, you know, yeah, or... Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's fair, but... I, well, I guess that's it. I just I thought it was intriguing because it's like, yeah, I, I actually kind of do think that Denethor's mind reading is legitimate here, but um, kind of like you said too, Connor, it's like it sort of doesn't matter. Like that's mm-hmm. not um, yep. reflective of you know really what's going on within Gandalf. Like he's uh, he he contains much more than just that. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, and yeah, Denethor's vision is kind of uh, twisted here. I had it in my mind. I'm going to go, what's that lesson? That it's like that that moral of a story. It's like, yes, there's evil within you, but it's up to you to choose to be 
the kind of person you are. Right. Kind of and, and I also think that uh, it, part of what you're saying is true, but also it could be that Sauron's influence made Denethor see that part as more important. Or, or is like Sauron sees that as what he would do with yes. the power that Gandalf's trying to trying to um, uh, uh, utilize. Absolutely. And, and is influencing Denethor to think that that is Gandalf's true intention when really it's it's more of just an impulse that Gandalf would never actually give into. Yeah. No, I think you're totally right. And that's, that's yeah. a lot of um, the, the villains um, like projection, right. Is, is like, they think mm-hmm. that everyone's going to use their power for, for nefarious purposes or whatever. Um, when that's not true. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Josh, what are some of your other notes? You said you had a couple so, others to actually, go through. Yeah, um, the same sticky note that I just read from actually has two other notes on it. Uh, so when the it two of them are actually this one paragraph. Um, then suddenly Denethor left. He stood up tall and proud again, and stepping swiftly back to the table, he lifted from it a pillow on which he had on which his head had lain. Then coming into the doorway, he drew aside the covering, and lo, he had between his hands a palantir. As he held it up, it seemed to those who looked on that the globe began to glow with an inner flame, so that the lean face of the Lord was lit with a red fire, and it seemed cut out of hard stone, sharp with black shadows, noble, proud, and terrible. His eyes glittered. So, A, my my note was, uh, oh, so that's why he's crazy. It's like, he has a palantir. I think we talked about that already. Yeah. Um... But I, it, it struck me when I was reading this chapter is like is is Tolkien's writing style has it gotten like more biblical? Do you think it, that uh, low really yeah. stood out to me for some reason? It this seemed to go from like a uh like almost like a storybook from The Hobbit, and this is a far more biblical uh like writing style. Mm-hmm. I, I I did have a similar thought where where um I I as I was reading these chapters and maybe last week's too uh, where I was like wow oh, this this does really kind of feel like like when I was reading or when I attempted to read the Odyssey you know I I was really mm-hmm. like um, yeah the it, epic yeah like the ep- storytelling exactly old old ages epic storytelling. Um, so yeah, I think that I think that's definitely um, playing a big part in his writing in these later books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does kind of feel like here at the climax of the the story, the you know the entirety of Lord of the Rings that this has kind of been leaning up to. Um, that he's leaning more into into that kind of language. It's no secret that Tolkien you know, set out to make a, a then modern day epic story. Um, and yeah, that, that's, that's apparent in the writing, but I, I have also, yeah, there's, we've been getting a lot of like low and beholds and, uh, things of that nature. So even, um, I think last episode we were talking about how often he was using and it was like, and this and that. And, and it's like, you know, this sounds like a run on sentence, but really it's, it's um, kind of like classical epic storytelling. Um, 
Yep. Writing. So, yes. Yeah, I think that's interesting, too. Um, other thing I wanted to mention about Denethor here. So, one of the things that Denethor is very wary of, or, or very hesitant to accept, is that Aragorn is here, and, you know, uh, Denethor says that one of the things he's like skeptical about with with Gandalf too is like oh so you're you're just bringing this guy here to supplant me to take my spot you know and if um if Denethor were like uh genuine and righteous within his position it's like the terms and conditions of being a steward of Minas Tirith were always like hey if the king comes back you're just keeping the seat warm you know yep. and yet here it's even, like they're not even get, keeping the seat warm. They have their own seat in front of true. the seat. That's true. That's true. They're not even on the seat. Um, and so it's like, hey, you know, the king has returned. Should be a good thing, right? Roll and of credits. course, Denethor is not happy about this realization, um, as as Gandalf thought, right? And so my my thought here was like. Uh, I guess, like, more and more, I'm thinking, like, oh, yeah, well, the, the ring is definitely just a stand-in for, like, ultimate power. Um, which is obvious. I'm not saying that that's, like, a, a fucking revelation. That's literally what the ring is stated to be. But, like, previously. this is an example that makes me think more about it because it kind of shows how, like, even lesser powers can corrupt men or, like, you know, in this book, it's very often framed as like, oh, this magical power is the thing that is corrupting the hearts of men. And you're like, ooh, dark magic, you know? But this is like a very grounded example of how um, like very literal power um, can can have the same effect, right? And so um, it's it's simply just that like the desire for for power corrupts. So, like, the ring is the ultimate conduit of that, but even something like the throne of Minas Tirith can kind of act as, like, a sort of one ring, you know, in in that in that way. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, the the ring is not the only vessel for for this power, really. It's just the, the greatest example of it. Yes. You're right, but also I feel like we've seen more trouble in this world has come from Palantirs than it has from the actual ring. <laughs> like, yeah, the rings fuck some shit up, but the Palantirs have like really destroyed a lot just by existing. Like Saruman fell to a Palantir. Yeah, no, you're 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 not wrong. It's true, but I think the idea with the Palantirs is that um, the reason that they are as corruptive as they are is because of what Sauron has done to them. And Sauron yes. has done that to the Palantirs in like service to locating the ring. So it does kind of ultimately feed back to the ring. And I think I like ideally the Palantirs are actually supposed to be um, just like just like long distance crystal ball. Like yeah, but devices. Yeah, there are a lot of. I mean, like, not to get 
hung up on it because it doesn't matter. But like they were even, you know, like Gandalf was kind of lamenting that they've been corrupted by Sauron because he's like, oh, fuck, I could have like mentally time traveled back thousands of years and like talked to this fucking guy. Like um, they're really amazing magical devices that like no one can really use because they're evil now because of Sauron, I think is the deal. Yeah. Although we do get an interesting note that whenever people would look into this this new Palantir uh, after uh, Denethor dies, they only see like smoke and like burning hands. Yes, that's right. Uh, so it implies that the, the Palantirs are still used in the future somehow. Yep. Good point. And that for some reason they keep trying to use this one that a guy killed himself over. Literally <laughs> killed himself over. Yeah. Like and is it. like haunting it forever <laughs> like a horrible ghost. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, um what else Josh? Anything else? Um <laughs> This one's a bit of a, I only have one more note for this chapter. Um and it's towards the end. Uh do, do, Excuse me. It's I think it's Gandalf talking about he's kind of lamenting the fact that Denethor had the Palantir to begin with. He's just kind of re- reflecting on all of this. Yeah. Um, did I miss a note? Okay. And, uh, and it, it, this whole paragraph, it's, it starts with, it, it's like the second to last page of the chapter. Um, It's the it's the area that starts with like those stewards deemed that it was a secret kept only by themselves long ago. I guess oh he's basically he pulled a Gandalf. He's like yeah I, I I guess they had a Palantir. Um, but my note here is just this whole paragraph, this whole section basically boils down to well seem things to work things seem to work out, but people died uh, who might have been able I might have been able to save if Denethor didn't pull Pippin and had uh, used the Palantir like an idiot. Yes. <laughs> and it's kind of funny to think about that because the whole reason he and Pippin are there in the first place is because he was getting Pippin away from a Palantir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, I wonder, uh, it's like, oh, like, sh- it almost feels like it would logically follow that Pippin should be, like, overcome with the urge to use any Palantir, that, right? It's like, it's not like you're bonded to that specific Palantir, is it? Like, Shouldn't just having was, a Palantir near you, like, fuck you up? I, I, I thought it was more of, like, he just used it and just needed, like, distance so that he'd get through the withdrawals. Yeah, um, maybe so. Like, a lesser version of what Bilbo went through after he gave up the ring. But I, hmm. I, I don't know if, like, a new Palantir would, like, attract him, as, like, the one ring would attract Bilbo, attract Bilbo back in Rivendell. Um, it's also possible that the Palantirs just don't have that level of of uh, autonomy and are more of just like ooh shiny crystal ball yeah yeah I don't really um, I don't I didn't I wasn't thinking that at all while I was reading like oh you know shouldn't Pippin blah 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 but it's like talking about no, it the other day. Um, I don't know whatever uh, okay my last thing I want to mention about this chapter is that it ends with this rain falling down, which 
I, I I guess I was I had a couple thoughts on one was like you know it feels like it's it's sort of a, a relief so much stuff is on fire that it's like coming here to like sort of smother it and and kind of keep things under control so it doesn't just keep spreading but also I was I felt like it was kind of tragic that this chapter the pyre of Denethor ends with this rainfall because it sort of feels like um if it just happened a bit sooner then Denethor couldn't have lit the pyre at all you know and maybe he would have been saved he would have been thwarted you know it would have like sorted itself out and yet like he immediately after he burns himself to death it rains you know yeah I see what you're saying but I don't think it would have prevented anything um because it sounds like it was an enclosed tomb of some sort until he started the fire and it all collapsed Um, so I don't think it was like open to the weather until they left but I I feel like it's more of just like a thematic reign of like sorrow and lament and mourning yeah I think you're right about that it's a terrible day for rain hmm you should watch that anime sometime I have watched that anime sometime. Really? Yeah. Oh, Metal Alchemist? Yeah. I thought you didn't watch it. There's a Frank Sinatra song in it. The the, (laughs) the 2003 one or Brotherhood? Both. Oh, I didn't know that, Josh. I thought I didn't realize that. No, yeah, I really enjoyed both of them. I I think I... I like the end. I actually think I actually like the ending of the first one a little better, just because I liked how they they handled the homunculi, yeah, and their backstories in in the first one a little better. But at the same time, Brotherhood is just such a better overall show. Yeah, it is. What's it about, guys? Could you give me a rundown? What's what's the show about? No, no, no. I'm not giving no, you a rundown know, right please, now, Connor. Please, no, please, no, no, optimist. no. Why no, not? No, you're what? not. You're not getting a rundown right what? now. What? You're I'm not. Just in, you're not getting a rundown you're right now. You're just having a conversation about something. I have no idea. Like you're, you're not going to even give me the courtesy of telling me what it's about. <laughs> you know what? what Fine. You listener, remember, what if our listeners are like, what, I, what the fuck is this show about? They're talking about. Do you remember what I showed you? Avatar. Yeah. Think that, but mix it up with like World War One Germany. Oh, that's yeah. I don't know if that's going to help Connor out anymore. <laughs> I, no. I'm not intending to help him out, but no, it is that, it that, is a lot of like That's all I need. Okay. okay. <laughs> so it, you're, yes. you're you're caught I'm up to set. speed now. I'm all set. Okay. I, I don't think I want to watch the show. Okay. It is really good. It's yeah, I mean it's great. Doesn't sound I, like it from that. It's I don't really know. no, it's it's Based great. That, yeah, but that's, I, I just don't know if that was like it. the right description to start with, but it uh, was not. Well I'm not I'm intentionally not. I'm never gonna watch it now. Okay, I mean it's fantastic. Brotherhood is one of the best animes I've ever seen. I sure. can't wait till we till we uh, we read the 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 original light novel or whatever manga. I don't know what it is. We will and, not. Uh, that'll be yeah. my then have to watch the show. Gonna, I actually I, I have I have the manga. I, I've been I really I've been meaning to read that for a while now. Well, tough nuts. We're not going to read it. All right. You don't have to say tough nuts to me. Tough nuts, buddy. It's, it's really it's disrespectful. Like I'm the host, you know. It's like <laughs> you don't have to say tough tough nuts to me. Like that's that feels a step too far. Tough nuts. <laughs> okay. All right, Cartman. Uh, okay. Final final thought here is um, I I felt like we've been talking about how Mary and Pippin's journeys have been mirroring each other. And this chapter made me uh, think about how, like, sort of further furthering the mirroring of, of Mary and Pippin, 
they're each present at the death of their king whom that, they served. That is a good point I did not pick up on. Yeah. When I was reading. And one of the kin of the king, although in Theoden's case it's not like literal, but like they say it enough times where Believe it might her. as well be. Yeah. Um you know, one of one of one of their kin is uh thought to be dead but still lives. Yes. So there's there's that mirroring going on. Yeah, no, it it is oddly specific how how mirrored their journeys are since they split up. Um like like even like not even just like the thematic I was expecting more of like thematic stuff of like um like Mary would like enjoy his service and uh would would care for his king and when he died and not that I knew the death was coming I meant more like a like when when something happened he would care more about uh, what was going on yeah but they they both end up trying to save their king they both kind of fail um yeah. but they do end up saving the uh uh their the, the, the family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oddly enough, Pippin uh, gets off pretty scot-free, whereas Mary, we'll, we'll find out, uh, got quite the injury. Yeah. Yes. So. And that's what we're going to be talking about in uh, just a moment after our five-minute break. After this message from our... Oh, wait, we don't have a sponsor. <laughs> okay, so... Chapter 8. The Houses of Healing. Like Connor said, um, Faramir is brought to... As it says, the Houses of Healing. This is a place where... People will tend to the sick and wounded, and since there's just been a large battle, a lot of people are being brought here. Um, and so this this chapter starts <clears throat> with um, back in Mary's perspective, um, and he's he's following Aemir being brought into uh, Minas Tirith by some other soldiers. <clears throat> and and Mary is still, like, he's very out of it. He's pretty much, like, delirious, and he's overcome by, like, the shadow sickness. And um, so at a certain point, he kind of loses track of uh, Eowyn. I don't know if... I feel like maybe I said Eowyn but it doesn't matter. It's Eowyn. Um, so Eowyn... Um, is yeah, uh, out in the battlefield. You're right. Yeah, is is brought um, ahead of him to the houses of healing, and as like Mary's kind of stumbling through the city, who who would he run into but Pippin? And Mary and Pippin are reunited, um, which was a, a very sweet moment. I think it's. I don't want to say glossed over because, like, it you could tell it's very emotional for the characters, but Tolkien doesn't linger on it. You know, it's like there's very pressing yeah. matters to take care of. So that's a good cool reset. Re- yeah, yeah. So you, you don't really get a moment of like, I don't know. It didn't feel like like a cathartic meeting to me, but it but it, it it's still mm-hmm. emotional. So they meet up, 
And um, Pippin is trying to take Mary into the Houses of Healing, but it's it's far away, and he's having trouble carrying him. And so Baragon's son happens to be running by, Burgle, I think, Bur- Burgil, whatever. What? I thought Baragon himself. Burgle. No. Uh, B-E-R-G-I-L. Bur- That's a fun name, Burgle. Bur- yeah. Burgle. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, buddy. It's maybe oh, Burgil. You're right. Yes. No, you're right. What's your name? Burgle. Okay. All right. I think it is Burgle, but yeah, Burgle. It would be weird for a city guard to name his son Burglar. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, unless Bill, all he took Bill was Burger. ham. You know, if he took ham, then it would be okay. But wait, you think? Are are you telling me you think that the Hamburglar is a good guy? <laughs> Do you know how? I, I, I mean. The losses that McDonald's has faced over the years, just from that one guy, is it's 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 incredible. And in fact, so so, so so you you are on the side of the corporate monolith then. Oh, I'm Team Law and Order. Okay, because I I think the Hamburglar represents um, you know, a, a necessary chaos. Well, well, Honestly. no, 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 because he he. I mean, it would be different if if he gave them to the poor or something, but he eats all of the burgers he steals. <laughs> He eats all of them himself. Yeah, I I'm guess not sure if you knew that. That's a good, that's a good point. He's, he's not like the Robin Hood of McDonald's, no, right? Like, no, he's, he's not. Yeah, he, and he eats them right away too. You know what's funny is, so like obviously Ronald McDonald is like the main mascot of uh, of McDonald's, and you know, to well, the point like that. He used that to was be, like yeah. their that was like their color scheme was like red and gold, yeah. and that's what Ronald McDonald looked like. He was red and gold, right? Yeah. And yet, they ended up making like this totally secondary mascot who's like a hundred times fucking cooler than Ronald McDonald. Like, why grimace? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I'm talking about the fucking Hamburglar. I'm talking about the fucking Hamburglar. You, you set us up to talk about the fucking purple chicken nugget. Uh, oh my god! I, I'm just saying. Uh, well, uh, really feels like now. I, I bet if they, I bet if they came back around and they leaned back into like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna promote the Hamburglar and we're gonna promote him hard. I think people would really respond to that. Well, I mean, wasn't here's what I think. Okay. I, I, you know, yes, make maybe make the Hamburglar the main mascot. He, he's, he's a great character. Um, yeah, people like love him. But, but bring back, bring back Ronald McDonald. Bring back Ronald McDonald and make him a cop. And and the whole premise is he's got to stop. He's got to stop the Hamburglar, but never can. Yeah. Okay. And he kills yeah. people sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Know? Well, yeah, that, right. that's the whole thing with the clowns. There was that whole like clown scare back. In, yeah. Like, Bring that back. That was fun. Or something. I miss yeah. those. Da- I do miss those days. That was. Fun. It was literally like um. It was like it was just like the month of October when people saw clowns in the forest. And Wasn't it now fun? McDonald's can't use a clown as a mascot for some reason. Wasn't it fun when that was the crazy news? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Was, like, those were the days. Yeah, yeah. I miss oh, those days. I know for real. What was the deal with uh? W- you know, was that just like a. Like a mass hallucination, or like why? Why did people just decide to do that for like? I a don't. I think it was more a mass delirium where there's there was just a, uh, uh, no, a wave think, of people who decided to go out and and be scary clowns. No, it's just one guy did it, and the news picked it up was on more it. than one. And then oh, there were a bunch of copycats. Yes, 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 yes. That I, I I think that's the case. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think <clears> but I mean, even... Cats and News kind of reported on it, and then people... There's that subset of the population that's just scared of clowns innately, and now everyone kind of like jumped on that bandwagon, even if it was more of a joke, and now you don't see any clown mascots. Is that really why they retired, Ronald? That's the theory I've heard. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that like Ronald was really even kicking even then. Like it, you know, he, no, they, they like, they'd like just revamped him or something. Hmm. If I remember correctly. I mean, yeah, they gave him, uh, God's been eight years, but they, they made him buff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They forced him to stop eating McDonald's for like two years. And then it's like, this is what swanled McDonald, you know, (laughs) Swolnold? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Swolnold. Ma- <laughs> there yeah. we go. Swolnold. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Or, or no, <laughs> Ronald McSwole. But, yeah. I mean, whatever. That was worse, though. Whatever. <laughs> McSwole. Okay. Would what you like fuck? some protein? Yeah. So Virgil, Virgil uh, goes and sends a message to Gandalf, like, you know, he needs help. So Gandalf comes to help uh, Merry and Pippin back to the Tower of Healing. They get to the Tower of Healing, or the, the, the Houses of Healing. And um, and so while they're there, it's like, oh yeah, Faramir and Eowyn and Merry, it's not looking good for them. You know, they're all really close to dying. And uh, this one old lady there uh, is just like, you know, prattling and spouting off weird rhymes. And everyone's like, okay, Grandma. Um, but Gandalf hears this, hears this one about, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the one who like can heal with his hands is the mark of a true king or whatever it is. And, and Gandalf is like, oh, my God. Like, I think I know how outside. to. Yeah, right. Um so, so you know, Aragorn is secretly brought into the city because um, he made a choice to stay outside of the city for not wanting to, like, force the whole succession issue during the midst of this war. Yep. Um, so Aragorn is brought in secretly, and uh, he, he kind of goes through this whole thing where it's like, hey, I need this one specific herb, and you get, like, fucking six pages on, like, well, here's all the names of the herbs. I checked for the herbs, couldn't find the herbs. Oh, well, we didn't think the herb was important. Let me go talk to this other guy. Nope, this guy doesn't have the herbs. Okay, well. But some old people sometimes use it as tea. Well, then go find the old people having tea. Yes, yeah, it was, uh, well, I just was like, wow, this is really going on for longer than it probably needs to. Um, Yep. There's Tolkien and, doing his Tolkien thing, and and then but then Tolkien even actually has his characters comment on like how long it takes. Like he has his characters say like, "Isn't this fucking stupid? Like, shut up, Grandma." And Aragorn references it again. He like makes a joke about it, kind of. Yes, right. I'm like Tolkien. You wrote the fucking thing, man. <laughs> so it did kind of feel like he was having a uh, bit of a laugh at his own writing. I think, which which was kind of funny. Um, that's one way to look at it. But uh, but aware, in, at least, yeah, I, I think so. And in the end, uh, so so uh, Aragorn is able to heal Faramir, Eowyn, and Mary in that order. And then, um, 
you know, I think him and Gandalf leave. They kind of give instructions that they need to be healing. Um, and and then they kind of, you know, I think the chapter ends where it's like, okay, they're going to go, like, address whatever other things they have to do. But uh, Faramir and Eowyn and Mary, all three of them are safe and they have been healed by Aragorn. And I guess the other important thing is that like Aragorn sort of sort of proves himself to be like a true king in this moment to the people of the city of Minas Tirith. Yes. There's also a bit of talk about Eowyn's feelings for him, I think, and how he's aware of them. Yeah. Uh, but like it's been previously, it doesn't really impact the story. It's just something Eowyn's going through, realizing she's a secondary character. Yeah, there's, it, it there's a couple wrote. interesting things about about Eowyn, but but that is one of them, yeah. Did I say so, <clears throat> not important. Connor, what do you make all this? Um, <clears throat> I... I I I liked the chapter. Um, are we done with the chapter talk with with the the like breakdown? That that, that was like the summary. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's it. It it was cool. You know, I liked the um, I I really liked the uh like like the the old saying like oh like the king's touch heals or whatever, and then you know Aragorn comes in and. Is, is like this this healer and creates kind touchy, of like touchy. A, yeah kind of, you know <laughs> creates kind of like a myth or whatever um that that was pretty cool and satisfying um and uh yeah i mean it it uh it it kind of again puts us in a uh, hopeful but but still dark uh, headspace within the within the story, I guess. Um, you know, things are kind of kind of looking looking up a little bit. At, you know, as far as like everyone's not dead yet. <clears throat> when there was almost a lot of people dead, and now there aren't. Um, right. And there are uh, three less people in the process of dying. Yeah. Um, well, I I I I, I, I do kind of feel like they could have gone far farther with uh with Mary's like issue and maybe they will a little bit but um uh you know I thought uh you know seeing how affected Pippin was by you know thinking Mary was going to die before um Aragorn kind of reassured him was what you know? What, what 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 was another little moment, kind of like their their reunion in the beginning of the chapter, where where uh, it, you know it was very very sweet, and and their friendship seems you know very real. So so those two moments were were particularly uh, touching, and and you know I I think they could have gone a little bit further with that. Obviously, it's not what the chapter was about, but um, just kind of what just just you know just my thought on it. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. Josh, anything you want to mention or or notes you want to start with? What do you think about this? Um, like probably just get right. Into, I don't have a lot of notes on this chapter. It was pretty straightforward. Uh, Eric, like you said, Aragorn kind of comes in and does his thing, and I feel like the whole prophecy that the the old like old lady was talking about 
felt like it could have popped up sooner in the in the story to be more of a satisfying payoff now when Aragorn actually shows up and does the healing. Yeah. It feels like he kind of set up Chekhov's gun and then fired it in the same like motion. Yeah. In this chapter. Um when Mary first shows up in the in the city, however, um I thought he had a similar injury to what Frodo received when uh the Witch King stabbed him in Fellowship. Um, True, because he's he's dazed. He's he's not as aware of his surroundings. It's getting worse. Um, he got it by fighting the same same character. Yeah, um, his sword evaporated or like like burned away and stuff like that. It's like oh, this must be that curse that Frodo received, and maybe it is. Uh, but it, the the resolution seems to be slightly different. Um, and my other thought before, right right around when Pippin showed up and helped him out, um, was that Mary just may be severely shell shocked. Uh, which is going back to what you were saying about how Tolkien is a World War One veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have been like super super aware of that i think uh, of, of the the condition and how it affects yeah. people Where's my pen? it's true um i like you know especially I, I hadn't really thought about how um it was the same nazgul the lord of the nazgul who stabbed frodo and then yeah who uh who mary helps to defeat here but it, it would make sense that their symptoms and their injury are similar so that that tracks i think yeah, they, I think the only major difference is that Pippin stabbed, or Mary stabbed uh, the Nazgul, uh, whereas the Nazgul stabbed Frodo. Yes. Yeah, but he's, it's like he's so powerful that even like him being stabbed and killed, it, it still still it, like, affects the, the person, yeah. Yeah, and it like burned his sword away, and I think that's what, that's like an indication that there was still some lingering magic in effect. Yeah. Even though he, he died, died. Yes. So. Um, one of the notes I want to start with here. Um, Gandalf is, I think it's when... Um, I don't know, maybe when he meets back up with Merry and Pippin, or, or maybe he's talking to some of the people at the Houses of Healing, but he says, uh, if Elrond had not yielded to me, neither of you would have set out, referring to Merry and Pippin, mm-hmm. and then far more grievous would the evils of this day have been. And so, uh, you know, we kind of get this whole running theme of, like, you know, small actions can have great and unforeseen consequences, and that's sort of what the Hobbits, mm-hmm. I think, represent a lot, but also... Um, everything they do is a small action <laughs> yes but um, like Mary and Pippin their whole deal with like especially with um, pledging themselves in service to these lords you know they've kind of been struggling with feeling like they are not useful or they, they haven't like been pulling their weight they haven't been able to help in like this whole uh, war of the ring deal 
And and so like here finally they they have like really concrete proof for like, you know, this is the difference that your being here made. You know, it's like if you were not here, yep. then who knows what would have happened. Maybe the Witch King would have killed Eowyn, and then who knows what would have yeah, happened after that. Field. Yeah. Um and so it's like they've been they've been struggling for you know at least the entirety of this book here, um, with feeling like they they have not been useful, and it, it feels like this is like the real resolution to that. It's like well here's here's the thing that you've done that we can point to, you know that um that that really makes a huge difference in like the the tide of this struggle. So I thought that that was cool that they took some time to point that out as well yeah no that's uh a good way to summarize it and again it's not something i thought about when i was reading it was uh but now that you say it makes total sense (laughs) yeah um there's this tiny thing that that really doesn't matter that much but I, i wanted to throw it out there to see what you guys there's two things here. It's not really related to what we've been talking about, but it is part of this chapter. So they're talking about like the the healing abilities of like the people of Minas Tirith and like by extension the people of Gondor. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it 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 goes like this. It says, "For though all lore was in these latter days fallen from its fullness of old, the leechcraft of leechcraft of Gondor was still wise." And skilled in the healing of wounded hurt and all such sickness as east of the sea mortal men were subject to, save old age only. For that they had found no cure, and indeed the span of their lives had now waned to little more than that of other men, and those among them who passed the tale of five score years with vigor were grown few, save in some houses of pure blood. And so. There's a lot of characters who like live for a long ass fucking time in Lord of the Rings, and I guess because leeches can cure every disease except for old age. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we learned from this. Book. <laughs> yeah. But I guess I felt like you know Tolkien's Tolkien's kind of like okay, so if you're of this certain lineage, you know the the people of Westerness, the people of Gondor, the, the descendants of the Numenors or whatever. Then you're just like better than other humans, because it kind of kind of feels like there's regular people who probably have like regular human lifespans, and they live to like eighty or whatever, and then fucking die. Yep. And then there's the men of Gondor, and it's like Aragorn's eighty, you know, and he's like in the fucking prime of his life. Um, and so, so at first I was like, oh, okay. I guess it has to do with, like, the whole Numenorean bloodline. But then, like, you read a little bit more. Okay, here's the other thing. I'm going to say one more thing, and then we'll talk about it. So here's okay. the other thing. Later, um, Aragorn says, as, as he's, like, trying to do this, uh, he's doing this whole healing thing. He says, would that Elrond were here, for he is the eldest of all our race and has the greater power. Okay. Aragorn says he is the eldest of all 
our race. Is Aragorn a half-elf? I don't think so. I think... Uh, I, I do like that you remembered Elrond's a half-elf, because I think we went over that. Uh, we all thought he was a high-elf for a yes. long time, because that's kind of what pop culture paints him as. Um, but no, uh, the I took that to mean either... Um, Aragorn referring to our people as just the people of Middle Earth, or because Elrond is a half elf, uh, and I, I think we know the other half is human. I don't know. I don't think I'm just pulling that out of my ass. Um, I, I think he may be referring to that other half. Um, yeah. So that 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 those were my thoughts when I read that section. I see. Yeah, I just feel like it's not entirely clear. And it's one of those things that, you know, it doesn't matter. You can just, like, read through the story and not get hung up on it. And it just doesn't fucking matter. But it's but just that... talking about stuff. It's just that Tolkien was drawing attention to it in this chapter. He's, like, he's talking about how certain races of men live longer than others and why. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's interesting because Lord of the Rings is populated with so many characters with what we would think of as like expanded lifespans. And so I thought it was interesting that he was like, you know, kind of writing about that and digging a little deeper into it. And then we, we got like this little passage and I was like, is that why Aragorn can live as long as he does? I really don't know. I, I think, think you're, I think you're probably right. Josh. I don't think he is a half elf. Cause I've never heard that before, but right. And I, I was I confused it, about it. I think he's, supposed to be like what we've seen all along he's he's one of the the higher uh races of men i guess yes weird to say um where he, he's from numenor he's from western s or up north or whatever and still retains the pure bloodline which again weird to say yeah well i mean there's 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 <laughs> Too many. There's some over. There's some there's too many there real world hangups there, right? But but yeah. but when talking about Lord of the Rings, it's like okay, well, pretty much everyone would just agree. They'd be like, yeah, some people are just better than others. It's their blood. <laughs> I don't think they really debate that. Nope. That's just a point of fact in Middle Earth. So maybe they should. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how the story shakes out. I don't know does kind of seem like Aragorn's just better than almost everyone else on the planet. So it's like when you're right, you're right, you know? Okay, uh, what other notes do you have there, Josh? I only have one other note, actually. And it's towards the end. No, towards the middle, actually. Um, and everyone is just... Uh, it's in the middle of all the talk about the king's foil, that, that herb that they needed. Yes. Uh, or, or Athelas. Actually, I wonder, is this the same herb that he used on Frodo when he first got stabbed in Fellowship? Because That, that would be, be a more, really... Because I remember him using some sort of herb, and Athelas sounds familiar, and it would point to this affliction being the same affliction that Frodo endured before they got to Rivendell. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't as effective because he only had dry leaves or something. Anyway... Uh, 
they they go through that whole exchange where the the herb master is like the Aragorn calls like it's also called Kingfoil, and the herb master is like, oh that yeah we don't have that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so they go to send them off to to go get some get it from some old people somewhere, uh, and. <laughs> Aragorn, oh yeah, Aragorn says, uh, wholesome, verily. Uh, and now, Dave, if you love the Lord Faramir, run as quick as your tongue and get me king's foil if there is leaf in the city. Uh, and if not, said Gandalf, I will ride to Lossarnock with Iorath behind me, and she shall take me to the woods, but not to her sister, but not to her sisters, and Shadowfax will show her the meaning of haste. Yeah. And I saw that line. I was like, wait a minute. Is the famous line, Shadowfax shows the meaning of haste, this whole time just been Gandalf ribbing on some chatty nurse? <laughs> that that does seem to be the origin of it, I think. Because <laughs> I don't remember if he actually said that when, when he took Pippin away. I don't think he does. Not, not quite like the way that you're describing. I don't even really remember right. that as a as a meme or something from the movies, but, but if that's the line specifically you're describing, I, I think it's not the exact line that the line I remember from the movie or from the memes is shadow facts show us the meaning of haste. And then the meme usually goes off with shadow facts pointing to like a dictionary definition for haste. Um, but that is the line that gets quoted a lot. Shadow facts show us the meaning of haste, but no, the line in the book is shadow facts will shall show her the meaning of haste. Yeah. Her meaning the, the nurse that's been talking their ear off when they just wanted to go get some fucking herbs. Yes. So. It does seem funny to me that, I mean, I, I do get that this is a very like uh, time sensitive situation where people are dying, but yeah. it is funny to me that Tolkien would create a character whose like whole deal is that they are, you know, uh, very, very overspoken, you know, and, and they, mm -hmm. they just belabor the point. Um, because I think every character in the Lord of the Rings does that. Every character at some point has had like an entire fucking soliloquy, you know, taking up a, an entire page or two of dialogue on just like the fucking history of bullshit. And then that's just presented as like, well, you know, yep, that's normal. And and now it's like you have this old lady who's essentially just doing the same thing. And all the characters are going to shit on her for it? You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, again, I, I right. get you know, people are dying. But it's just funny to me that Tolkien would make this character. And it's like... I don't know. That's your writing style. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> So whatever, but I, but again, yeah, I do I do think like Tolkien is kind of um, maybe maybe poking fun of it at himself a little bit here too. So that's possible. But yeah, that that was I only had two notes in this chapter. It was it was short. Um, I want to say to the point, but it really wasn't. Well. Buckle up, motherfuckers, because I have several more, but I'll try to be quick. I'll show you the meaning of haste, you know? 
Um, Go for it. <laughs> so the king's foil herb, much like Aragorn, uh, Aragorn himself, it's plain and wholesome, but it's mighty and regal. And so we kind of get this. You know, everyone was just like, "Oh, king's foil." I thought that was fucking garbage that no one cared about. And it's like, well, yep. this fucking garbage turns out to be the the actual secret amazing thing that, you know, no one suspected. And it's like, that's Aragorn's entire character if he was a plant. <laughs> You're right. So, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like Tolkien really likes to do the whole, like, ever since they said it and they spelled it out in Fellowship, he likes to do the whole, like, oh, well, you know, don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. Like, evil things may appear to be fair, and, you know, gross things may be good. And it's like, okay, so we're doing that again. Um, and then, like, getting into the whole Aragorn sort of, like, becoming king or, like, being acknowledged as king in this chapter... So upon awakening, Faramir's first thing he says is, My lord, you called me. I came. What does the king command? And so, like, immediately, Faramir just awakens and addresses Aragorn as the king. And it's a really important moment because obviously Denethor's dead. So Faramir right. is the, the steward and the true, like, lord of Minas Tirith in this moment. And he, like instinctually almost acknowledges Aragorn to be king. Yes. Um, and then, like, Josh, you were talking about the whole prophecy thing, and it's like, I agree with your point that that could have been introduced sooner. Um, feels like it would have been really easy to do, and we, we were even talking about that on something else with Aragorn. Oh, right, the whole Paths of the Dead thing. We were like, you could have oh, talked yeah. about the Paths of the... It's like, why is Tolkien introducing all these prophecies and then immediately having them be relevant? Like, I thought you were better than that. I thought that he, you know... Maybe this is a, a time before they invented... Uh, uh, fuck, what's the term here? Like, dramatic timing or whatever. <laughs> in, in, or, or dramatic pacing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like... Yeah, I mean, like, ev every story after Lord of the Rings has the benefit of the Lord of the Rings existing. So, yep. uh, I mean, there there's a lot to be said about what it accomplishes, and I, for, for as many nitpicks as I have, I don't have that many criticisms. But it, it does sort of feel like that could have been maybe done better. Um, but anyways, I, I thought it was interesting that we get this whole pro prophecy, because it feels like... Like, Aragorn's claim to the throne is more than just his birthright. It is a prophecy, you know? Like, he's he is fulfilling this prophecy. And, um... And, Josh, like, you were even talking about how the story's feeling kind of more biblical. And then I was, I was sort of feeling like this whole thing with Aragorn, like, he sort of is this, um... Almost a kind of... Christ-like figure, I thought, because he is healing the the people, you know, with his seemingly magical abilities. Healing the sick. And at the end of the chapter, I thought, like, very importantly, he doesn't, like, go to his throne, you know? He sleeps in a fucking tent outside, outside. of, like, yep. this city that he 
does have this very legitimate claim to, and yet, yet he he sleeps in this tent, and so it feels like, you know, sort of after his labors of um, healing the people are over, he he doesn't uh, you know just wall himself up and separate himself in like his his fucking uh, you know ivory tower. He's very humble still, like he really is of the people, and so. I, it's not like it's like a Christ allegory. It's not like you know, a, you know, dead back to life kind of thing. So I'm not, I'm not saying that that Aragorn is like a figure in that regard. But I, I do, I did feel like it was drawing on like those kinds of ideas, you know. Wow, if if Aragorn and Gandalf fused together, they would be yes, Jesus. yes, yep, <laughs> like in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, if they had the fusion earrings yes. or whatever. I think their their fusion form would be Jesus. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Which I'm sure is not blasphemous to say, right? Like you can say that two fictional Lord of the Rings characters fusing like Dragon Ball Z would become Jesus, right? Like that's no, fine. I think, I think. I think the this Pope would be. Uh, he, I think he would agree with us. The Pope is pretty cool. The Pope is Pope's cool. Got a lot of, Pope's got a lot of good things to say. Josh, Connor, and I were were talking the other day. We like, how long has this Pope been around? I don't know. We feel like, or it feels recent, but it's really not. It kind of is. Um, the last pope abdicated or retired or whatever. No, he died, he didn't he? There. No, he John Paul II died. Then there was oh, oh, there was, there was two, uh, oh, there was two of them. Okay, yeah. Then there, then there was <laughs> the guy who I can't remember. Benedict is the current one, right? Uh, so Benedict Josh Connor. <laughs> Connor has this memory of. Oh he yeah, yeah, yeah. That Do you remember Josh? Was... Um, we we I I was sleeping over your house, and I'm, and it might have been he, the Pope might have not died, but um, I remember your mom telling us like, oh yeah, there's a new Pope. Do you remember that? Nope. Like like I remember the, the I remember the I remember seeing the paper when. Uh, the Pope died and it was like a full page thing and I'd never seen like that kind of news on the paper you should before. Ask your mom like, if still blown it up. I, I mean it was probably my dad because my dad's the Catholic one. No, I think I think it was your mom that said it. I mean just because she's <laughs> Jewish doesn't mean she can't keep up with the Pope, right? No, I mean it's it's it, it's a news story regardless, yeah. but uh, <laughs> It's a weird conversation we're having. I, you know, we'll just... I don't know if we'll ever really get to the bottom of this. It, it feels like... It feels like there's a discrepancy here, you yeah, know? Yeah, a little bit. But I think he, I think the Pope did die. Is, is this like a Bernstein, Bernstein, yes, Bears kind is. of thing? It's the Mandela effect. Right. Did 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 the Pope but, die or did he abdicate, you know? The the Pope did die. John Paul II died. When? Okay. When was the, that, though? When was that? I gotta look this up. I mean, I, I I also thought the last pope, the pope previous to the pope that we have now, died, and that's why we have this. I don't think you get to retire as a pope. You're I, just like, oh, you I'm retire. not going to be pope one anymore. Do, you he was can, the first but then you live in, in like disgrace. Years. Yeah, but then you live in disgrace. No, he lives in a... Uh, Everyone He lives in him. like a, a condo. So yeah, John what? Paul II died you April 2nd, 2005. That, 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 that does line up. We could have had a sleepover that that morning yeah that would have been the timing does does line up there and then and then benedict 
the 16th. I mean, you could have sleep over like fucking six years ago too. I mean, like it's not it's not that I crazy, mean, but yeah. kind of yeah. Benedict sixteenth was uh, pontificated. No, he he became the pope on the nineteenth of April two thousand five, and he abdicated. Popeified. Um. Oh, okay. He is dead. Told you. Um, well, no, he he abdicated on the twentieth of February two thousand thirteen, and he was the longest living pope on record. Died on December thirty first of twenty twenty two in wow, the Vatican. Wow, wow. I must have missed that. That was that was just over a year ago. Huh. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that this pope just retired? Like he was just like not yeah. going to be the pope anymore? Yeah, he was the first pope to do it in like 800 years. I don't think pope should be allowed to do that. No, yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care. I don't think pope should be allowed to do that. What do you think should happen? They should be executed? No, you oh. just are pope until you die. That's it. Yeah, but, you're the pope. Yeah, but what if you don't want to be pope? On, fe- on the 11th of February 2013, <laughs> you don't have a choice, buddy. What happens if you if if you just He didn't retire, he resigned. Try to run away. What happens? All right, yes, yes, you're executed. You're okay. publicly okay. executed <laughs> well, there, by there the Catholic go. Church. What do you think Jesus would have think? Would, would you rather? Okay, hey, hold on, <laughs> hold on. I, I don't know. Ask he, Gary Gordon. <laughs> he announced his resignation, citing a lack of strength of mind and body due to his advanced age. Would you, having seen how this country is run with with advanced people, many people of advanced age, would you have wanted the the Listen, leader of the Catholic Church to be that advanced age? I I am not saying that I think he would have been a good pope. I'm just saying, I don't think the pope should be allowed to retire. I, I think uh, the same is, should be for you know true for the president too. The president is <laughs> president until death. Fuck that! First of all, second of all, I think I know just, somebody who agrees with that too. That's that's actually going to be that that's running in the election. Yeah, they might make that happen. Yeah, yeah. be careful what you wish God. for. You know. I know. Um. So anyway, he's the first pope to reti- to resign since 1415, and the first one to do it by his own initiative since oh, 1294. Wow! What was the reason for the pope in 1415 resigning? I Connor, don't know. Connor, 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 Connor. We we, we're not talking about the pope anymore. I'm just right, curious. We're done talking about like, the popes. All right, he was you got plenty out? of time. Well, you, you can look it up on Wikipedia it up. like I was just doing. I'm not going to read Wikipedia yeah, to you for the rest no, of the but podcast. You're, but you're right there for me, though. You're right there on the page. No, I already closed it. I'm done with it. Can you link me? I found the data I needed. Can you send uh, me just, No, I closed it. Sir, just go on Popepedia app. Just, just figure it out. Literally, just search list of popes. Open up your That's how I got there. Open up your history and just give me the link, please. No. It's pretty easy. No. We have a book to talk about. Pope so cast. so what do you so what do you guys, not the one guys, that the popes read what do you guys make of this what do you guys do, do you think do you think that um is there anything that you want to say or comment on in regards to like is is there any like kind of divinity meant to be surrounding aragorn or like in in his fulfillment of these prophecies that's that's really what i was leading up to i think i mean clearly so, i think there clearly is especially with um uh faramir waking up and 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 the uh yeah like the 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 old saying with the king being the healer and stuff like that i think it's pretty i think yeah yeah you know it's pretty clear um yeah that's the yeah, direction I mean, they're taking it tolkien's all i think this might be part of tolkien's uh english upbringing uh coming into play here because english uh writers tend to have the have the like uh divine right to rule and like bloodlines their families are important like that lineage is important 
for like power and stuff like that. Is JJ uh, Abrams he, English? I don't know. Okay. Um, he's not. What do you mean you don't know? He's not. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't <laughs> he's know not English. Just because of the Ray Palpatine thing, maybe it made me think of that. Uh, no, I, I was actually thinking of someone comparing uh, Harry Potter to Star Wars, where they pointed out Harry is like the has like a blood connection to like these uh, other powerful wizards in the past, whereas Luke Skywalker in the original star Wars, which was, it was comparing to, uh, is just some guy. It, it's just like a farm boy. Uh, and it, it, the American side of things, it's more of just like anybody can, uh, step up and, and be a hero or stuff like that. Like it, it was some comparison I heard years and years ago that kind of, that I guess it stuck with me of like a, a, a difference, not a necessarily a. It's getting too late. I can't think. Put my words together. Not necessarily across the board generalization, but uh, a difference that tends to show up between British and American media is that the heroes in American media tend to be more underdogs. Um, uh, uh, nobodies, kind. Of, before the the hero's journey whereas on the the english british side of things they tend to be yeah they may still be underdogs but uh, it turns out they have the secret blood line or something like that uh, or there, there's some lineage and i think I, I every time i keep seeing the lineage stuff pop up in in uh lord of the rings i, I keep thinking of that comparison that i heard so many years ago i can't even remember what it's from it must have been some documentary probably on star wars because they're talking about Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Although, of course, awesome. you know, Lucas kind of shoots himself in the foot and does all that and then creates the very story that you're saying Star Wars yeah. was originally in opposition to or or contrasted against. Right. And uh, the well, the other thing is Luke also, spoilers, is the son of a powerful, for lack of a better term in this comparison, wizard. Um, space Wait, wizard. who? Who? Um, you know, I was trying to come up with a with a stupid, witty answer, but I, I don't have anything for you. Sorry. We'll never know. We'll never know. All right. Well, so I mean, it's, so, it's almost ten thirty. My brain's starting to shut down for the night. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I won't keep you much longer. All right. So Aragorn's Jesus. Uh, moving on. <laughs> um. Uh, so there's only there's only two more things I want to talk. One is just a tiny thing. When Mary wakes up, the first thing he says is, "I am hungry. What time is it?" He's a hobbit. Or what? What is the time? Yeah. Um. So I, I just like Mary. I like hobbits. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of fun talk about about you know he's he's pissed off. He lost his weed. Yeah, he, he even yeah. he even thinks he's not going to smoke anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, know, that, that's that's a different reason. It's very that's easy. not because he lost anything. It's very easy to. Um, Aragorn does not have a hard time convincing him uh, to take it back up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this is it's not because he lost anything it, uh, for the purpose of smoking. It's because he promised he would 
uh, share like weed lore with a king who became his friend and then he fucking died. And he's like, I don't know if I can in good conscience, like smoke again, because I, I would always be thinking of him. And Aragorn is just like, well, you know what? Do do smoke and think of him when you smoke. That's what he would have wanted. Yes. And Mary's like, you know what? You're right. I will. Yes. So that's, I, I do like that resolution. And then, um, the last thing, so we were, we were talking about, it's bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about (laughs) Eowyn. We were talking about Eowyn and there's this whole, I I thought like kind of a weird passage on her. I don't even really know what to say about it, but I I do want to bring it up. Um, so yes, like part of it is sort of like discuss, discussing the relationships between, um, Eowyn and Aragorn and, and even like how Aemir fits into that. Um, so that, that is brought up and we touched on that briefly before, but, um, you know, there's, there's, there's even a little bit more like, so Aragorn says her malady begins far back before this day. Does it not Aemir? And then Aemir's like, I marvel that you should ask me, Lord, for I hold you blameless in this matter as in all else. Yet I knew not that Eowyn, my sister, was touched by any frost until she first looked on you. And then like we get a little bit more, and um, there's, there's this passage here. Um, I think this is Gandalf speaking. He says, Think you that Wormtongue had poison only for Theoden's ears? Daughtered. What is the house of Aorel but a thatched barn where brigands drink in the reek and their brats roll on the floor among their dogs? That's that's him, like, quoting Warping. or paraphrasing Wormtongue. Yeah. He says, Have you not heard those words before? Saruman spoke them, the teacher of Wormtongue, though I do not doubt that Wormtongue at home wrapped their meaning in terms more cunning. My lord, if your sister's love for you uh, and her will still bent to her duty... Had not restrained her lips, you might have heard even such things as these escape them. But who knows what she spoke to the darkness, alone in the bitter watches of the night, when all her life seemed shrinking and the walls of her bower closing in about her, a hutch to trammel some wild thing in. And so Gandalf's kind of like going all the way back to the whole Theoden's corruption by Wormtongue and this and that, and Eowyn was sort of meant to like like Eowyn knew that Wormtongue was corrupting her father the whole time and yet because of her like position and her station like she's also the one who's appointed to like uh serve the man who who she knows is like killing her father and like how humiliating that was for her and how you know that's a very dark period of her life Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I just thought it was odd that, like, before they kind of revive her, these three guys, Eowyn, Aragorn, and uh, and Aemir, Gandalf. and Gandalf, thank you, are, like, kind of having a conference on, like, huh, why do you think this fucking girl did all this shit, you know? <laughs> and I, the, I'm reading it, and I'm like, what? Couldn't she have just wanted to, like, 
fight and do the same things that are expected of men? Like, I thought it was as simple as that. No, And no, here they're all, like, no, trying Connor. to dissect it, and they're like, why would a woman want to do all yeah. this shit? That's weird. Connor, she's a girl, though. You don't understand. Oh, so, here, so here's the thing. Because I had felt like... Tolkien had handled Eowyn's character so well up until this point. I was like, oh, wow. Like, again, like, Tolkien's work is not known for its progressivism. And I don't think it's important that it is. I don't give a shit about that. But it's very weird to me that I feel like up until this point, like, Tolkien has has given many important moments and and uh, lines to Eomir or to Eowyn where, like, she kind of shows, like, she's toe-to-toe with the guys, you know? She's not afraid to shove Aragorn's shit back into his face, and she's not afraid to charge into battle and fucking stab a blade through the head of the Witch King, who no other man could have killed. Um, it's like, that's cool that she gets those moments. And then I felt like she just kind of gets undercut at the very end here, where they're kind of just like, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird that she thought that she was, like, equal to us. Uh, <laughs> let's mean, let's all talk about why that could have happened. I don't get it. I don't know. I kind of feel like it It just shows that they don't get it, which is okay. Like, it's... I, I don't think it's the, the text, you know, doing her a disservice necessarily. I think it's just showing that, you know... Um, that the guys are not uh, as open-minded as as uh, maybe the readers are, or should be. Well, hey, I think that's a, a fair take on that too. So, so when I was reading that, I was actually kind of seeing it as them realizing, like, ah, shit, she's actually kind of had a shit life, and that's like, like it was more of a reflection of like things have not gone well for her yeah. until recently. Um, and I, I guess they're just seeing that for the first time of like, oh, crap, we should do better by her or something. Yeah. And the thing is, is I, I do agree with you, Josh. I just also feel like they, they use that like new understanding to, they, they attribute that to, her violence and like her battle prowess they're like you know uh, or th- no, they, that that's how i felt i felt like they were like okay. trying to sort of like psychoanalyze almost and be like oh like i think i think this is the reason why she wants to be part of the battle so badly well no i i, th- I thought they mentioned before that she's part of the the rowan they they the row ream they uh they they she calls herself a, a battle maiden many times and other people have referred to her that I, I felt, I always got the impression that the, the, the Rohan never cared much for gender when it came to warriors based on that kind of talk. Um, so I, I but, think this was more of just like, this is someone who's trained as a warrior who's been serving as a house maiden for, or, or as like a, like a, like a bed maid for, years because of Saruman and and Wormtongue and yeah I don't know well okay so yes but I do think gender plays a big part of it even in Rohan because when Eowyn is brought on the the litter or whatever into Minas Tirith 
uh, one of the characters, I think it's like Prince Imrahil, he's like, you know, this is a woman. Are there any other any other women with you? Like, how do they get? And they're like, nope, it's just her. That's so very much implying, no, it's only Eowyn. And also, Eowyn was specifically ordered to stay behind and watch over, like, the men and women of of Rohan, of Edoras. Uh, and it just kind of feels like, you know, that's her role to be the... The, the homely servant, it doesn't matter what scale it is, either she's taking care of one person or she's taking care of, you know, 10,000 people or whoever it is. But I think she she is brought into that role. And like to Connor's point, like Tolkien still writes Eowyn as a character who, you know, carves out these moments of freedom and expressiveness for herself, which I very much appreciate. I felt like this passage here was sort of at odds with that, but maybe not. You know, um, maybe not. I just wanted to bring it up. So. All right. That's what I have to say about that. I mean, ultimately, yeah, I, I like this chapter. I like that our characters are safe. Connor, you had the mic up. Did you want to say anything or you're good? Oh, no, I was going to say, um, and that's that, folks. And that's that, folks, yeah. Um I, yeah, I, I do. I did like these chapters. I like that our characters are safe. Um, and I like that, you know, this really felt like the return of the king chapter to me. Like, I'm sure we're going to get plenty more stuff with oh, Aragorn yeah. and king shit happening. But, like, this really felt like the chapter where he, even, like, unknowingly, like, he doesn't want to just go into the city and, like, declare himself to be king. But I really liked that this was the chapter that positions him that way because it feels like he earns it selflessly by like serving the people the, the the people acknowledge him to be king before he can ever declare himself to be so king yes. shit in the golden boys so yeah that's what i have to say about these two chapters i'm done all right well the end thank you for listening um if you like what you have heard you can support us on patreon.com slash chapter jumps um you can follow us on social media we are at chapter chumps on both twitter and instagram um please go to apple podcasts and leave us a nice uh rating a nice review we would appreciate that greatly um but until next time folks hmm. we only have 30 pages next week few john ha!